Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Boogie Monster with Kyle Kinane and Dave Stone. We can finally, once and for all, find out what happened with Judas Priest. Whether they broke up by themselves or they were pushed out by outside forces like uh, the government. The Boogie Monster. Podcasting the Unknown. Well, okay, so we had uh, the missus and I mm-hmm. celebrate nine years of Way uh, to go. living it. Nine years of, of living in sin. There you go. Nine years in a, as, as an affront to our Lord, <laughs> an, un, an unwed, our unwed relationship. Oh, your common law uh, wife. My mom yeah, used to refer ca- to my ex girlfriend as my, like, like with no irony. Like, how's your common law wife? Okay. <laughs> is it it's like oh, I remember I thought it was 7 years. Yeah, I think it is, yeah. 7 years was the thing. Mhm. Well, we have well, 7 years of living with somebody I thought it was. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so I by, think it is. So by by rights if gay marriage is legal and you just live with a buddy for 7 years. Mhm. You could have a common law husband. <laughs> you could but just Without thinking about, it, oh man, I've accidentally married this dude. <laughs> we have a check. I accidentally got. Together. I accidentally got gay married. <laughs> oh man, that's so silly. So yeah, nine years, y'all. So y'all, uh, yesterday was your anniversary. We kept it. Yeah, we just cho- we chose it because we, you know, we, we chose a day. So oh, you can't remember the the actual. First date? No, we had you know we had one of those kind of running running starts, yeah, I start know. kind of a relationship. <laughs> I know what that's about. Yeah, so uh, but so we picked May first. We did a took a ride on a, the Portland Spirit down the uh, Willamette River. Did some sight Ooh. sightseeing. Had brunch. It started there. I started. I went. I went hard on the mimosas. Okay. Went big on the AM champagne uh-huh. buffet. I didn't know how the buffet was going to be, so I got all the extras. You know, I'm like, oh yeah, shrimp cocktail. Oh yeah, Mediterranean platter. You betcha. Oh, cheese platter. You know it. <laughs> got all that, and the buffet turned out to be good. Ate a bunch, had a bunch of champagne. Walked around during the day, enjoyed a lovely day in the city for once. Finally, did some bar hopping. Went to a finally made to a bar called Creepies, clown theme bar. 
which okay. you know after after having been to Jumbo's clown room, mm-hmm. it's like oh you just have paintings here. There's no angry nude women, <laughs> but uh, which is actually there's uh, plenty of bars with that in Portland. So yeah, it made more of a refreshing change of pace. And then had uh, then had ramen. Then went to a ramen spot. So I just filled myself with different alcohols, different foods, and came home. And got, then got into a lift where the like where there was like a, a Glade plug-in cherry thing mm. with like, mm. and she was listening to like Big and Rich and like that combo of all the stuff I did to, <laughs> over the whole day. That's what sent it over the edge was like Travis Tritt and this Glade plug-in for the ride home. I'm like, I don't feel good. <laughs> yeah, that'll do it. Yeah, it was a it was a rough combo, but it was still a it's a nice day on the town. Well, that's fun, man. Yeah, man. Good for you. Yeah, we did that. And I was, uh, yeah, got, finally got to get rad. Finally been got on the bike. It's been a few months. Hadn't been on the bike in a few months. That long? Uh, yeah, since I was in L.A. last time. Hmm. Things finally stopped raining for a couple of days, dried out. I did a show in Roseburg, uh, which I admittedly had a little too much backstage whiskey before. I got to oh. stop. I can't drink whiskey before a show. It's yeah, a sleepy booze. Mm-hmm. It's a sleepy booze. It slows my brain down. Yeah. Gives me the uh, marbles, marble mouth. Yeah. Everything's it really, marbling. tequila, I'm not like I'm, I don't want to be drunk during a show, but a tequila soda or two, high functioning. Yeah. Really got all the firing on all cylinders, really. Mm-hmm. Beer, just... At this point, beer is just like drinking scuba weights to me. <laughs> just swallowing, just swallowing lead fishing weights. I'm like, what am I doing? I'm just yeah, feel slow. Yeah, I bet you. In this year, 2023, I bet you I haven't drank six beers all year. I have one every now and then, but yeah, the the concept mm-hmm. of drinking beer to catch a buzz. Those days are long gone. Cause yeah, I'm not, I'm not built I'm, for I'm, it. I'm too big. I got too much mass to uh, get drunk off a of beer. I would literally have to drink, to get like a good buzz, I'd have to drink 10 beers. And uh, yeah, that's and just Think, just think about just how much, yeah, how much liquid then you're Yeah, just sloshing around. around, carrying a gallon of liquid in me. So, so yeah, so yeah, Roseburg, they, they had some backstage whiskeys, which I enjoyed and the thought press was a little slow, but then uh, the shows in uh, in Salem were a good time. Oh, so, yeah? But thanks to people who came out to all three of those shows. And uh, that was it. And I got to ride on a new trail, and uh, it's just, uh, it's getting there. We're getting there. Seasonally, we're getting there. I feel all right, buddy. How about you? What's going on with yourself? Oh, not a whole lot. Just uh, making the podcast rounds, promoting the special. So I've yeah, uh, been, been guesting on a lot of podcasts. Some of those will be coming out soon. I'll keep you posted. But, uh, yeah, special comes out Friday. So doing a last-minute push to spread the word. Um, so, yeah, you know, answering the same questions over and over again. But, hey, I, I appreciate people uh, giving a shit enough to have me on. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, doing that. Uh, took another barbecue pilgrimage down to uh, South Orange County. Down to my beloved Heritage Barbecue, brought my cooler, brought back uh, plenty of meat for the family, like a modern-day 
hunter-gatherer. I go out into the wilderness and I come back with pork ribs. I think it's uh Yeah, it's 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 that it's that middle that's no longer hunter-gatherer, it's uh, the shopper. Yeah. <laughs> it's the provider. <laughs> but yeah, uh best uh still rings true my my power rankings haven't changed, still number 1 on my list. That's the best barbecue. I I honestly I mean, we've talked about recency bias. I, I'm sure that plays into it a little, but uh, I, I honestly think it's the best barbecue I've ever had. They're, they're doing magic down there in Orange County, Heritage Barbecue. they got two locations now. Uh, I think they just opened one in uh, Oceanside, California. You ever been down there, kind of just north of San Diego? That's uh, a beautiful, beautiful Familiar area. with it, haven't been down there. Yeah, beautiful. Right, right there on the side of the ocean, hence the name. But... Uh, yeah, took uh, our buddy James Fritz down to uh, Heritage with me. That was his first uh, experience, and uh, he seemed to be uh, Fritzy. Did you make him happy? Yeah. yeah, he was. He was happy for a few minutes while he was eating pork do ribs and brisket. Do something that makes him happy. <laughs> Fritz but yeah, we, some happiness. We gotta make had that a man good time. happy. Yeah, yeah, he's uh, he seems to be doing pretty well. But yeah, had a good time uh, going cool. down there, eating some meat. Other than that, uh, not a whole lot. Just. Uh, Doing some shows here and there, watching a lot of sports. Uh, NBA playoffs are in full effect. That's exciting. So yeah, nothing, nothing too crazy. Doing bits, watching shows. <laughs> Buddy, I mean, what? How much more do you want out of life? You know? Oh yeah, exactly. I, I can't complain, man. Can't got complain. Stuff. Uh, oh, I went to uh, Amoeba Records, uh, which is pretty much a weekly trip for me. Um, but I told you a few weeks ago I saw Seal at Amoeba. And uh, the other day I saw an even higher profile celebrity. I saw Jonah Hill perusing the vinyl at Amoeba. So, yeah. Oh, it's really? always, uh, yeah, you can, uh, I would say probably about every fourth or fifth time I go to Amoeba, I see somebody famous. But yeah, I saw you Paul sell off? Are you what? selling off any of these records? No, 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 man. No, the collection's growing. It's looking good. I think I'm uh, approaching a thousand right now. So yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, I probably should sell off some of them, but uh, I'm I, not judging. Yeah. I'm just. I'm, I think of it in a, a, a sp- terms of space. Yeah. No, I, I still. You know, everything can fit in the three cases I have right now. But uh, yeah, I feel like I'm contradicting myself. I said I have almost a thousand records, but then I was going to say I'm. I'm pretty discriminating on what I what I choose to purchase. So uh, with that, there's not a lot of, uh, you know, occasionally I'll go through the inventory and be like, okay, let's be honest. I haven't listened to this record in five years. Maybe want to trade this one in for something else. But uh, for mm. the most part, everything I bring home is uh, is a keeper. So now I am, uh, I'm a part of this uh, Third Man Records uh, subscription thing where every quarter, uh, that's Jack White's label there in Nashville. Oh, yeah, okay. But every quarter they send you like a big exclusive release or something. And, you know, and I think I'm a part of a couple of those subscription services. So, you know, sometimes, you know, the quarterly release is something I'm not into and I'll sell that. But uh, for the most part, everything I bring home pretty much stays. And I so also, I'm, I've I'm got... we... go ahead. Well, I know we discussed this. So you just, you just kind of get. You're just sitting there and just you just, you just play a record? Just sit there? And well, a lot of times, yeah, sometimes I'll do that. But a lot of times it's just what? background, you know, in the office Watch if I'm working. Around. Yeah, if I'm, if I'm writing jokes or 
working on, you know, all the hours and hours and hours I slave over Boogie Monster. You know, it's a lot of records I'm going to have to get through. Puts a lot of effort in, folks. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So... (laughs) He's he's hitting record. He's hitting stop record. He, that, hey, you're the editor. You're the producer of this show. That's though. right. I'm queuing up Wikipedia. You know, if it's easy, everybody be doing it, Kyle. Oh wait, they are <laughs> <laughs> podcasting. If it was easy, everybody'd be doing it. <laughs> <sighs> but yeah, yeah we're man, both think- about to do do the rounds. Yeah, you're about to do some uh, in New York, we're, right? We're both. Yeah, we're both out there promoing. Yep. Yep. Both out there just laughing into open maws. <laughs> you laughing to my maw, I laughing to your maw. Hopefully the views go up on YouTube, and then I'm gonna I'm gonna shut the fuck up for a month straight. I think I just got to be a monk. Oh, I can't look at my calendar. I can't. I need some yeah. days of just like on on the road. I just sit, I don't talk to anybody all day until I go do the show. Yeah, same. And it hasn't been that way for a while. I got to get back to it real soon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you have any time off coming up? I mean, I if the shows are good, it's all time off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but time off yeah, from yeah. traveling and stuff. Even though you have fun doing the shows, and I do too. The traveling. No. I mean, I don't, don't. travel nearly as <laughs> much as you up. do, and it still wears me down. I fucked it up. Well, I got a weekend at Helium in June, so I'll be around for a week there. But yeah, it's uh, she looking busy. She looking real busy these days. Well, that's a good problem to have, though. It is. It, well, you know, it's free. It's it's freelance mentality. It's you mm-hmm. can't. You feel like if you if you say no to work, you're like, well, what happens when nobody's offering you work? Mm-hmm. And it's 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 own kind of like misguided self-management mm-hmm. like it's still not a good thing whatever what are we getting into this now i'm looking i'm like well august i bought tickets to see the descendants and dillinger four so i got that coming up for myself that's my personal thing i got coming up it's august 12th <laughs> i got concert <laughs> tickets uh, that's a little far off oh man something, dave something what, to look forward what, to. What, something going what are we uh what did anything scary happen to you this week? Anything scary? Nothing scary's happening anymore. Well, this isn't. This doesn't sound interesting, but I, I do believe it's legit. Um, <laughs> I think right. we have a ghost in the apartment. Um, I thought you were we, talking about that. Well, you thought somebody was living in your attic or something. Well, yeah. I still am not 100% sure that's not true. Uh, I do hear rumblings up in the attic sometimes. but And, and again, I know on paper this seems very minuscule, but uh, we are constantly missing silverware. And there's only two of us that live here. We don't have a housekeeper. We very rarely have guests over. And uh, okay. we're just constantly losing phone, spoons and forks and knives. And it's not like, you know, we're not uh, pulling out the good silverware to eat in bed. It's not like they're getting lost in the sheets or underneath the mattress. Um, You're not a bed eater? No, no, I'm I'm not a bed eater at all. And I've had to kind of wean Katie off of that uh, practice just because I got this weird little hang-up of climbing into bed at night and there being fucking crumbs and oatmeal and gummy bears all in the sheets so you have a problem with that 
Yeah, yeah, I know that's ironic, but uh, <laughs> like rolling, you, know, you don't like rolling right into a Three Musketeers bar. No, man, separation separation of church and state, man. Let's just, just no, keep... I, d- I dig it. Feeling crumbs in the beds, gnarly. I get it. No, if I, it's a hotel I, and I only got two days. Oh, I'm I'm swimming in it, but yeah, not at home. Yeah, no, unacceptable. But yeah, man, constantly. Uh, Katie bought these little um, ice cream spoons. Uh, I learned this trick from Rory Scoville years ago. Uh, when you're eating ice cream or anything uh, fattening or indulgent, uh, use the smallest utensil you have. That way, it takes you longer. You, you know, you're taking smaller bites, whatever. So oh yeah, little we smaller got, plates. Yeah, smaller, smaller plates, plates. bowls, so the portion looks like it's bigger. Exactly. But uh, she bought like two dozen, like two dozen of these little bitty, I guess like baby spoons. You know, just a little bit of baby spoons, and that's what we used to eat ice cream and dessert and whatnot with. Well, uh, you have over twenty-four the... tiny spoons. Yeah, we got twenty-four. Well, we had twenty-four, dude. I'm not, not exaggerating. Dis- not disposable. No, not disposable. Just they came in because they're small. They came in like sets of twelve, so she just bought two sets. So this is my point, though. That that's an excessive amount of spoons. I will admit, we had twenty-four tiny spoons about six months ago. We have zero now. Literally, zero, and there's nowhere else they could be. Now I know they're small and they could get lost easily. I but think like you're I throwing said, them out. I think no. you're getting high and you're throwing them out. <laughs> no, no, we're not. They're disappearing, and it makes me wonder if there's a ghost in this building that has some sort of affinity or sentimental attachment to silverware. But that's my point. It's not like I had one or two, oh, it was my favorite spoon, and now it's gone. We had 24 six months ago. Now we have zero. So I don't know what the fuck's going on with that. I think I do. <laughs> I, think th- I think you get high as shit, and then you want ice cream. And because it's a little spoon, like the little disposable spoon that comes with little ice creams, you're just mm-hmm. chucking them out. I think you're tossing these spoons. And then you look because you know you got twenty four of them. It's not like you started with four, so you're keeping track of four. Yeah, you got a surplus, so you're not. Mm-hmm. This, this is the theory. I'm not blaming. Mm-hmm. I think you got spoon rich, and you got irresponsible. <laughs> you got that new spoon money, oh, and you're just man. being real casual. But that shit, that shit has happened a, a lot. Spoon yeah. rich. <laughs> <laughs> I hated that fucking song. I don't like Soundgarden. I'll be honest, man. They had a couple like tunes. They had a couple songs that mm-hmm. I liked, but after like Black Hole Sun was one of like I got Annie Oakley reactions with changing the radio when that would come on. Yeah. What I didn't like that whole bum- album. What a bummer. What a bummer. Yeah. I like I know it's cliche, but I like the early work. Uh they were a little more it just seemed heavy yeah, no. in the early days. But yeah, that one big breakout album. I didn't care for any of those hits. Blackout Sun. It sounded like uh, it sounded like doing yard work on a cloudy day. It's like oh, I just got like a chore and nothing's enjoyable. <laughs> Did you like any of those Seattle bands? I really. I think we talked about it before when grunge came out, and it was all right. This is like the era where I'm supposed to be. You know, where like you're formulating your ideas about music and kind of mm-hmm. trying to be an individual. I'm like, all right, well, this is the alternative music and i was very desperate to stand out and stake a claim for my own individuality like 
Pearl, I heard a live by Pearl Jam. I'm like, this is great. And then I got that album, and I was like, oh, the rest of this is uh, this is a real bummer. And I mm-hmm. was not sad as a teenager. I was mm-hmm. not. I did not have that angst. I was like amped up and ready to have a good time. Mm-hmm. And so, like, oh, this is there. This is a song about a school shooter. I'm like, what am I gonna? <laughs> what What's this for? Yeah. What is this? What am I supposed to do to this music? Great Am I question. supposed to do a cool school a cool skateboard trick? <laughs> no. <laughs> that's not that's not the sound it was not the soundtrack for anything I wanted to be doing. And so all that stuff came out like <clears throat> okay, I got Nevermind by Nirvana and there's a couple things in there I'm like all right, it's like getting close. Mm-hmm. But then it still it just wasn't doing it for me. Yeah. It just and then it really was. That's when like somebody's like, "Oh, we're gonna go to this screeching weasel concert." I'm like, "What's that?" And they're like, "Oh, it's gonna be crazy." And it was honestly, I, I've I've said this before. Like, this is how I still view comedy and everything. Like, this is how I view my career now. Is that we rolled up to this all ages venue and they were doing two sold out shows and the place held maybe shit. I don't know, two fifty or something. Mm-hmm. Probably not even that much. But when you're a kid, everything seems bigger. And I'm like, how are these bands that have never been on MTV or their radio or anywhere and they sold all these tickets? And that's when I was like, oh, there's a whole other yeah. layer of music, art, anything that's out there that you just sitting at home aren't going to be exposed to. Mm-hmm. And so and that and then that was the music that I'm like, this is the music I've been looking for. This whole time, you know, and then people started showing me skate videos. I'm like, what's all the bands on this? What's all the bands on that? And that, that's that's the music. Like that and Beastie Boys. Like Beastie Boys and like to a further extent, some other rap stuff that was mm-hmm. had a little more movement to it. And it just didn't feel like you were, you know, sitting in, sitting in just warm pudding. Just was just Screech- t- tired and slow. Screech and Weasel was that your introduction to punk? Yeah, that was that show, and so and then it was, and then every you walked out of the show, and it's not to be like oh, it was nineteen ninety three. There's no internet, so you just walked out, and people were handing you flyers, and I took every yeah. flyer to be like, all right, how can I get to these? Who's got a car? How do we get to these shows? Mm-hmm. And then you buy, like, okay, whatever money I made from whatever job, it's I bought that merch, I bought the CD or the record off of those guys. You look at the liner notes, who do they think? All right, I'm going to mm-hmm. listen to these guys. And then that was it. That's all I did every weekend in high school that I could after that was, like, just go to shows. Yeah, same. And that's yeah, why I pivot. Like, well, looking at comedy now, it's like, well, if you're you're in this echelon of known comics – and it's kind of viewed as like, well, if you're not in that echelon, then you're you're not worth your salt. I'm like, no, I know that's not true because I know that's how music and all these other things are. And so I get like, sometimes I get jealous. And then other times I'm like, no, man, I'm doing fine. And I'm just in this other tier. Like I'm in that. I, th- I feel like I'm in that world. Mm-hmm. And I feel a little bit like, no, I'm doing fine. I'm not going to be not going to get upset about it. Anyway, that's what's going on with that music. Yeah, it yeah, is amazing how much legwork and homework you had to do back in the day to find the stuff you liked uh, compared to now with the internet and social media. 
Yeah, which and cool too because everybody gets mm -hmm. to find the stuff easier, and you get to cultivate a fan base easier. Which is why it's weird when people think that there's still like these kingmakers or gilded avenues. It's like no, man. It's just everything's everywhere, and you can you know nobody's so much about a scene. Like there's like punk kids, but they listen to everything because you can Mm -hmm. sample everything. You're not parting with. 10 precious dollars yeah to buy a cd you know so yeah man i think it's i think it's a good thing yeah i think it's a good thing but yeah so grunge music kind of bummed me out yeah i didn't get on board i mean it was surface level for me as well i mean i was all about that first pearl jam album but that's a great point you made like i didn't think about it at the time but maybe subconsciously you know, I was like, "Huh, why? Why does this not get me amped up the way some of the other stuff I'm into did?" And it's like, "Oh yeah, this is—it's uh, kind of a bummer if you listen to the lyrics." Yeah, or listen to the music. <laughs> it's all like yeah. slow. That's like I'm in my car. Like either I'm driving for the first time, like cool man, listen to music because I'm in a good mood. And if I was like sad, I don't even know if like if I was sad, I was like, "What?" Then I'm gonna listen to music to try and not be sad anymore. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to listen to music to amplify my sadness. I wasn't that kind of kid that's like, yeah. I just got to wallow in it. Emo we had, Kyle. We had not, you weren't a little yeah, emo we had, kid? We didn't have emo. No, there was no, it was pre-emo. <laughs> it was pre-emo. We had Nine Inch Nails. That's what yeah. you'd listen to. If you if you were angsty, you listen to Nine Inch Nails. Listen to The Cure. Little, you know? Some skinny puppy. Yeah, The Cure would sneak yeah. in there, sure. My Bloody Valentine, maybe. Yes, I, yeah, I didn't. Uh, I didn't get into them. Smashing Pumpkins, maybe a little bit. Ugh, that's I one. I the Squashing Pumpkins. I, I I hated them from the get go. Just I, and I don't know why. There was just something like, eh, they, this is they're they're missing the target. This is not for me. Man, I, I'm gonna tell you guys. I I think you in this day and age, are you sitting back and enjoying a record? That's Siamese Dream. Like you, really? Everybody knows that today's song. Because that's, I'd like, oh, mm-hmm. okay, I know the song that I'm going to hear over and over again. Mm-hmm. Never listen to the album. Oh, Album's yeah. got some jams on it, man. Yeah. Real guitar heavy, yeah. It was just so whiny. I, I hated the whiny stuff. I think that's why I couldn't stomach a lot of that late 90s, early 2000s uh, pop punk stuff. I just I hated the whiny vocals. No, Chris Hardwick nailed it in some bit. He's like, it's the Nyanya bands, and so yeah. like Blink One Eighty Two was the <laughs> band, and then yes. all these bands that mimicked them. Like now, looking at somebody like acting like Newfound Glory is this like classic pop punk. I hate, that was Blink was barely tolerable because mm. it was like, all right, well, we had Green Day, and then Blink was this commercialized version of it that had no mm-hmm. problem with like name brands or anything uh, you know capitalistic around it like there there was no like there, the the DIY punk rock values weren't there i liked the the music quality of it it mm. was so hard to get behind like oh this song's great it's about poo and pee like i i'm <laughs> like i'm a teenager but i don't want to i'm not going to sing out loud poo poo pee pee you know i'm not <laughs> i can't do that so I, I, I had a hard time with that, with the poo-poo pee-pee songs. 
and then as we all do and then and then all the then all the nyanya bands as chris hardwick said came out and yeah like i was like oh these are awful these like two warp tour 2000 bands mm-hmm. like all the like i think hard times did a great thing about like entire audience has to s- stay a hundred yards away from all warp tour acts like <laughs> some sort of like legally yeah yeah it's uh there it was too many like silly faces and goofy lyrics and it was like all clown show i'm like all right i get that i like some of this but i like when some of it's rooted in like this just looks like it's like a bunch of willy wonka shit going on <laughs> kind of it was like a real jump the shark kind of vibe which people would argue would jump the shark well before i even found that music but for me, that's when it, I was like, okay, this is a little. I'm a, no, you know what? Now I like social distortion. And then Mike Ness is like making eyes at women and like licking his guitar or whatever. I'm like, what the what the fuck is this? Like, I'll just go to a Kiss concert if this is what's going on here. <laughs> like, oh, these guys are fake clowns. You're fake Zoot Suit era 50s. Yeah. But I still like, I'll still dip in here and there with a little bit of social distortion but yeah i don't mind them i don't mind them at all you know yeah yeah ness he's he's on his solo albums he's got one song i'm in love with my car okay like i appreciate that but like you gonna write a song about it like and I know that uh, he's not the, he's not the first to do that. Wait, well, but. wait a minute. Yeah, wasn't that the Queen? Oh, is that a cover? Well, yeah. Oh, okay. Well, then my apologies. Well, that was. Uh, yeah, they're making fun of it in the Queen uh, biopic, and then Mike Ness made that. Co- that's all just a cover album. Uh huh. Yeah, under the influences. Yeah, so that's why. If it's on that one, too. I don't know if it's on that one. I don't know why I thought it was on the other one that had some covers, uh, but some originals. Oh, uh, cheating at solitary. Yeah, so. Yeah, I just, I I think also at that time that I started doing comedy and went, like outside of like listening to the same mixtapes or whatever, driving back and forth to shows, I kind of fell out of music. Mm-hmm. Which is what I think a lot of adults do that. Like, your life starts to happen. Yeah. And then you just don't have the energy to, like, you want to listen to something that comforts you. You don't want to listen to something new, like, oh, I got, what, I'm, I got, I'm stuck in traffic, and now i got to also learn a new band. <laughs> and so you understand, like, you're how your dad's just listening to AM radio. Mm. <laughs> like, no, nope, these guys talking. That's all I need. I don't need a new song to not like. <laughs> Yeah, I definitely went through uh, my talk radio phase back in the day. I mean, it's called podcast now, so. Mm-hmm. They're That's out true, there. Man. Well, good times, buddy. Um, that, that that being said, I like, I, I'm, I'm trying to be better about listening to new music. I was liking that XM radio was introducing me to stuff, but then that was getting repetitive, so. Yeah. God, I hate praising Spotify for any reason, but the little... Oh, if you like this, you might look like this. Like, yeah, it helps. That helps. Is there anybody new that you've been excited about in the last year or two? 
I mean, they're, new, they're, to new to me. New to me. Oh, this band called Dirty Fences I like a lot. Okay. Let's go to, what do I got? I started listening to, I haven't listened to Material Issue in a long time. I started listening to them again. Chicago band. Okay. There was a, yeah, some podcast. <laughs> some podcast. I think it's, oh, I forget what it's called. It's the dude from Local H. This guy's Scott from Local H. Mm-hmm. Another guy from bands. And then this, this third dude is just the most Chicago guy that just sounded like, he's kind of clueless. And he's like, what are we, what, what's going on there? Oh yeah, that guy. Oh yeah, that guy. He played bass. I think he played bass a couple times in a band. <laughs> like just kind of a silly guy in the background. And I've been listening to that show a little bit, and they were talking about material issue and kind of going over all these old. Because Chicago, wow, this really turned into a music podcast today, Dave. If we, oh, that's to all be. right, man. Yeah, it, it, Chicago is going to be the next city after Seattle. Really. Yeah, because what it was, was smashing pumpkins from there? Smashing local pumpkins. Age. You had yeah, local age Veruca Salt. I think it was like well, like Eleventh Dream Day. I love and, Veruca uh, Salt. By the way, Veruca. I, I know they're two hits, but those two hits they ripped, man. They're yeah, good, good yeah. I got. Spe- I should. I should give them more of a swing. You know, especially as a teenager, man, was I a sucker mm-hmm. for a female guitar player, like or drummer oh, yeah. or any musician. I was just like, oh yes, 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 Take yes. Notes take no shit kind of gals mm-hmm. but uh but so that was it kind of pivoted that way in the mid 90s which is weird because that's when the all the punk rock stuff i was seeing but that wasn't really folded into the actual i don't think it was taken seriously mm-hmm. other than like the smoking popes i think kind of you know they got the nod and the the boost up to the big leagues for a minute and slapstick got the, or was courted by the big leagues for a minute. And uh, it's funny. Cause there's this place called lounge acts. I think I'm, I don't know. I may have told the story, but like lounge acts was the spot outside like the Metro. And then this bar called lounge acts. And I would go, I would always look at their calendar. Cause occasionally they'd have punk shows, hmm. but every time I'm like, who's this band? And they get every Thursday fucking Wilco game. Why do they get every Thursday? Yeah. So Wil- Wilco played to this hundred seat bar every Thursday mm-hmm. until they became Wilco. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, really? I could have just been open minded and gone to see new music instead of being a up my own ass youth about like, well, I like this and this is what I like, and if I like something else, it means I'm not true to this other thing. Like, mm-hmm. you know, teenager attitudes—they're pretty. Oh, stupid. sure. Yeah, see, I was on the metal side of the fence, and once I started to get into metal, I think just the the nature of that music combined with teen angst and young man testosterone, um, there was just this urge, like, how how heavy can we go? I gotta find the heaviest mm-hmm. shit. And, like, you know, it started with, like, Pantera, and then, you know, then you segue into slayer and stuff like that and then i started dabbling with like death metal and i think that's where i peaked out like okay this is i don't know (laughs) i just had this urge like i've got i've got to listen to the heaviest gnarliest shit possible and then we had the uh the georgia tech radio station every friday night would play a death metal uh program called wreckage and it was just comical it was just cliche and comical just the cookie monster vocals like you couldn't decipher anything 
any of the lyrics, even the music, you know, the double bass. And then at one point, I was just like, what, what am I doing? Who, what am I trying to prove? Like, <laughs> Like, yeah, well, there's that moment when you're yeah when you're alone in your car and you're like, do I like this? And you're like, I don't, I don't know. What am I doing right now? Yeah, like what yeah. what am I what am I feeling right now? Yeah, <laughs> nobody's here to witness me being this metal. Yeah, who am I trying to impress? <laughs> What's the deal? What are you doing? Yeah, Dave? calm what, down. What did you listen to? Like when you take off all the the spiked gauntlets off your forearms, and you're like, I just need a little Belinda Carlisle right now. I hope nobody sees me, <laughs> dude. That's so funny that you said Belinda because I actually not her, but I, dude, that's so funny because I remember in the peak, like ninety five, ninety six, the peak of my metaldom. I remember thinking, like, dude, what is this? And I actually switched over uh, and started listening to Jewel. I was like, I need this new Jewel album to balance Mm -hmm. out the ridiculousness of this metal I've been listening to. And it was right when she started to break, around 96. Uh, I forgot when. She had a couple of big hits. And I was just like, okay, this is... This is a nice change of pace. I actually bought that first Jewel album, and it was sitting there in my shoebox in the passenger seat right next to Cannibal Corpse and Morbid Angel and <laughs> fucking I Hate God. And I was like, okay, maybe. And I, maybe that's where yeah. like the diversity in my taste started, you know? Like, it's okay to uh, go in a different direction from time to time, you fucking psycho. Calm down. It's so... It's so weird. Yeah, you you just get locked in. That that is what I like. That everybody's got a little bit of everything now, or a little mm-hmm. bit of an appreciation for everything. There's no like, well, yeah. you, if you listen to this, you can't listen to that. It's such an immature attitude. Yeah, and it's so nice. Hold on one second. Let's send a voicemail. Whoever that is. Um. Yeah, just pumping the brakes on it. I'm trying to think of what my go tos were. We. we I was. I think I were talking about this. Was there, I brought it up with Shane on No Accounting for Taste. It was uh, when right when the country music television started. Mm-hmm. Were, were we talking about this? I don't think I mean, so. I, I, I'm not. Uh, I'm not shy about my appreciation of Shania Twain. Yeah. Rachel and I, Rachel <laughs> and I were planning a potential Vegas vacation. She's like, "Well, I want to see Michael. <laughs> I want to see Magic Mike." I'm like, "We go to Magic Mike, then we go to Shania Twain. We got one <laughs> one for each of us." <laughs> We got, uh, you know, we're gonna like just we just make a, a show. We're just doing shows in Vegas. Mm-hmm. I, th- I came up with a knockoff of Puppetry of the Peanuts uh, called Cock Knots. <laughs> if you want to like, <laughs> if you want to go see Puppetry of the Peanuts, <sighs> Peanuts, Puppetry of the Peanuts, and it's just it's it's really a misleading show, and it's just Charlie Brown, <laughs> Sesame Street style. <laughs> Uh, puppetry of the penis, yeah. But if it's too much, you can come see Cockknots. And oh, it's one man. guy who just goes like, table to table doing a skin watch. Like terrible balloon animals. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, country music television was on, and I would, like, watch. And it was when it was just music videos, just MTV for country music. Mm-hmm. And it was that I would come home for lunch from whatever job I was at, and I started watching that. Cause, like, in the middle of the day... I'm just trying to eat and watch TV for half hour, 45 minutes. I'm like, oh, these these gals are easy on the eyes. Some of these tunes Absolutely. are, you know, e- easy, easy to sing along with. Mm-hmm. 
you know, I don't know if I'd like the music if it wasn't accompanied by a video. Who did yeah. uh, who did straw who did Strawberry Fields? That was one I remember. Uh, strawberry Wine, Dina Carter. Strawberry Wine. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. a little Martina McBride in there or something. Yeah, I used to play all that shit on the radio in the late nineties. Yeah. Oh my god! And it, it it was the same thing. It was just the opposite of what was happening. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know what? Yeah, this is what I need on my lunch break. I don't need. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't need third wave ska core. I don't need panicked. I don't need panicked trombones right now. <laughs> oh my god, ska's one I could never get into. Uh, even though now Love I would it. appreciate it. it. I would appreciate it because I now am a fan of of horns and and jazz yeah. and and I'm, I'm a fan of reggae and dub and stuff. So, uh, but yeah, at the time, nineteen year old Dave had no patience for ska. Like, what are they doing? I- Bunch of dorks. Looking, coming at it from punk rock into that third wave mix of that, I could see that being considered very silly. I still like mm-hmm. it because I was there for it. But it's also like, like just like how all this beat down hardcore is now getting its day in the sun. Mm-hmm. We were talking about that, and like all like, and I think it's silly because I was just around for it, and I'm like, oh, this is going to be the music that in ten years you look back, like remember this phase in our life. Where we broke our noses, where I got where I got kicked in the face by an Air Force One. Yeah, some guy. That, it's like it's only just beat down hardcore. It's one of those things. Like, oh, nobody. I don't think anybody's listening to the music. I think they're just here to Jim Cotta each other. I think they're just here. They're here to uh, do uh, Child of Divorced Capoeira. That's <laughs> all they're doing out here. Yeah, I never understood that. Like I with the mm. metal scene, there was definitely uh plenty of moshing, but just mm. the uh doing a kata in the middle of the pit, just back kicks oh, yeah. and and spinning back fist, like what's going on, fellas? Calm down. You're going to you're going to hurt somebody. Yeah, I'm having a I'm having a good time watching videos of people like Oh, yes. I will go to a turnstile concert and watch them just get their teeth kicked in. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. By some eighteen-year-old that is just filled with rage because he's straight edge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, doesn't, doesn't know doesn't know how to let off steam through chemicals, so he's just kind of yeah. butterfly punch. <laughs> oh man! <sighs> what do you want to talk? Good about? Good times, buddy. Spooky stuff. Let's, let's talk about. Let's talk a little New York. You're going to New York this week. New York in New York. a couple of days. You don't like New York. A couple of days. What's your problem with New Listen, York, Kyle? You know what? New York is great for the people that like it. Uh-huh. I I don't when I when I went there, I think I went there the first time I was 20. My buddy was going to school there and I thought it was great and I was about it and now I just I'm gonna, you know, I'm going there with a positive attitude. I'm gonna, I'm uh-huh. gonna be there for a week. But I just don't know. I just, I, it's, it's doesn't stop. Like it's, yeah. it's a Brooks Whelan has that joke, like the city that never sleeps. He's like, that's psychotic. Have you ever met somebody that doesn't sleep? <laughs> They're not doing well. 
<laughs> Brooks, I've been watching Brooks's clips lately. And they've just been kill- like, ah, uh, I really enjoy Brooks as a, his stand up is great. He's a very mm-hmm. funny guy. But he's like, yeah, the city never sleeps. Like, that's not somebody that's healthy. It's not a good. It's not somebody that is going to have a good conversation or feel safe around you. <laughs> yeah, that's and a great uh, point. yeah, I just don't. I don't. Uh... Now, some people, you know, they like. Just like I mean, people don't like L.A., and I get that, too, and it depends on the neighborhood you live in. I look back at like the apartment I had in Glendale. I'm like, well, I wake up at 7 because that's when the cars start going on the street yep. that's 20 feet away from my apartment, so I don't have a choice. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I never – I was on the road all the time, and I never got good sleep. And now that I've lived in quieter places, I've my values have changed. But New York yeah. is – always going and i value downtime and quiet mm-hmm. and i don't know where you find that without putting on noise canceling headphones <laughs> well even if you solve that problem i think my problem with it is uh obviously the noise and, and the and the tempo but uh there's zero elbow room there's nowhere in the city you can go and get an arm's length of space it's just every time I'm there, it's just someone in my grill nonstop, whether it be the subway, the sidewalk, wherever. And say what you will about L.A., but at least you can go on a hike. You know, at least it's a car city where you at least, you know, you're stuck in traffic, but, you know, you, you've got some peace and quiet inside your own vehicle. But like New York, I just remember, just, I just, everybody stand back three feet. Let's everybody take three feet three steps back and get the fuck out of my face it just wears on you i guess yeah, it's like I mean, anywhere it, though you get used to it but some some people get used to it and i've never given it enough time to get used to it and with these excuse me pardon me watch out um watch out. look out there <clears throat> oh thank god for the little guard on the mic encrusted at this point uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh looks like an avocado <laughs> i uh I mean, they got Central Park, and I, I, you know, if you're living there, just like if, you know, I would get defensive about L.A., but I couldn't disagree with what people don't like about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, oh, it's just, you got, okay, well, I know I'm only going seven miles, but that's a 45-minute drive because public yeah. transportation sucks. I'm like, yeah, that part, severely lacking. And then, yeah. oh, add another 10 minutes or 15 minutes looking for parking when you do get to the place. And then because you drove, forget having drinks, mm-hmm. you know, and it for for a time it was cheaper to live. Now I think it's almost the same price mm-hmm. or everything's gone up astronomically. And so, yeah, it's the same arguments everybody's had about both cities that I, I agreed with their arguments about L.A., but I, I live there just weather alone, weather and space alone. Mm-hmm. Whether and like, oh, because I do have a car, I'm going to take it and I'm going to drive out to these mountains or I'm going to drive out to the desert or I'm going to drive to the beach or something. Yeah. But then people live in Brooklyn and they got space and it's not as noisy and it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, you found a little corner over here and people get out. They go to Hudson Valley. You take the train up, you know, out of the city. And and there are all those parts to it. Mm -hmm. I just don't. You know, especially for comedy. Like, you can do four sets a night. I'm like, I don't like myself that much. <laughs> I also don't I also don't hate myself that much. I don't hate yeah. myself that much to punish myself that way. I don't like myself to hear 
my voice in that capacity. Yeah, same. But you know who does like New York? Who's that? Ghosts. Ghosts. Ghosts do like New York, man. Uh, it's funny that you bring that up because I have a list of uh, very haunted places in New York that maybe you could check out when you're there. When you're not... Uh, Hit me with it. When you're not uh, doing all your sets and your podcast. I'm staying, in a pod, I'm staying in a pod hotel. That's what I can afford is a hotel where the toilet's in the shower. And you know what? <laughs> not, not mad about it. I'm not Are mad about it. Are you serious? The toilet Full is body. in the shower? I, I think that, that's just like it was like that in, when I was in Korea. It was like a tiny, because, you know, space is limited, tiny. Full body bidet. I'm not mad. I'm not actually not mad about it. Full body bidet. <laughs> One of the cleanest feelings you could have is taking a shower right after you take a shit. Well, yeah, man. Gotta. So, and it's all right in there? You betcha. <laughs> Uh, one place you could go that is uh, apparently very haunted is Washington Square Park in Greenwich Village. You ever been to Washington Square Park, watch the old guys play chess? Oh, man, bought weed there. Yeah? My first trip to New York. and How'd that go down? God, pre, pre-9-11. Just, you just soliciting on the street? You find a guy who looks like he sells weed? <clears throat> No, or did they approach 90, you? It, it had to be 2000. This is what mm-hmm. was funny. My buddy was going to school out there, and I had my. They would just go, smoke, smoke. And they had the delivery service, but my buddy wasn't like plugged into it yet. I'm like, oh, yeah, we got to buy some weed. And then he's like, give me like a magazine. We just sat next to this guy on the bench. He's like, give me like a magazine or something. I can like put it, put it, like look like I'm doing something with. And I had my backpack with my joke notebook in it. And my uh-huh. first joke notebook. And a guy opened it up. He's like, man, what the fuck is this? <laughs> I just had a bunch of weird <laughs> shit written in it. He's like, man, what's going on in here? <laughs> I'm like, it's, uh, just come, just tell me weed, man. <laughs> and then, but he was pretty funny about it. And then that's it. Oh. And we just bought, yeah, just bought whatever, 20 bucks worth. And just like put the bag or I forget how yeah, put the bag in there and just folded it up so it looked like he was just checking out a book and giving it back mm-hmm. to me. <laughs> That's a good way to do it. I'm sure I'm sure it was much less eventful for him, but mm-hmm. you know, dumb. I mean, shit, at that point I was 22 or 23, mm-hmm. but still still very green to the world. Yeah. Well, uh Washington Square Park, before it was a park, it was a potter's field, and I didn't know what that was, so I had to look it up. It's a public burial ground for paupers, criminals, and victims of epidemics. Um, So all in the 1700s and early 1800s, it was a a potter's field. Uh, They think an estimated 20,000 bodies are currently buried underneath the concrete in Washington Square Park, and uh, many people, of course, you know... A park like that, see something, say something, could mean anything. But uh, there have been people, many uh, reports of people seeing folks in period clothing uh, wandering around Washington Square Park late at night. So it could be uh, one of those 20,000 spirits that are apparently uh, right there. 
it's got to be tough in a city, like just a city with all kinds of craziness to be like, well, that's a ghost and that's just a lunatic who likes to dress up like a Victorian haberdasher. And then, yeah. you know, <laughs> I what the mass grave thing, like to think about like, yeah, like think about like the homeless people and they've all got to go somewhere. Mm hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how we handle that now. Uh yeah, what happens to you can you can tour the folks. LA morgue the LA uh-huh. morgue has like a gift shop and everything I mean it's kind of uh-huh. like a little bit I guess morose if you want to look at it that way but they also yeah. I think inform like well this is what happens like I think once a year they have like a ceremony they try to do something proper for mm-hmm. uh, you know like a mass service kind of thing mm-hmm I'm looking it up right now. Going to the. Uh, they are cremated, placed in read. Well, this is D.C. Okay. They say that after 30 days, they're cremated, and most of the bodies are placed in regional cemeteries and unmarked graves. Um. Yeah, it's pretty much. Oh, it says it says buried outside city limits. That's so hmm. sad. Buried outside city limits. Yeah, well, I mean, you think if like in in the city, this is just like a blanket statement I'm reading. But in the city, these are reserved for people that have paid. You know, mm-hmm. cemeteries are still for profit. Yeah. Yeah, this is this is bumming me out more than a Soundgarden album reading about this. We used to do that when I was a cop. If you got, uh, let's say, you got a single car DUI or something. Uh, mm-hmm. Right at shift change. Nobody's hurt. No property damage. Eh, sometimes you take the guy, you leave the car, and you you take the, you load the fella up into your car, and you take him to the neighboring city and drop him off, and then you clock out. That's been known to happen. Oh, really? Just fig- yeah, figure it out? Yeah, you got a crazy person screaming in front of somebody's townhome or something, and it's shift change, mm-hmm. and you just say, hey, man, let me give you a ride to the store, and you, you take them uh, across county lines and drop them off at the 7-Eleven and go on about your day, 10 8, 13, no action taken. Uh, so sometimes, you know, just well, scoot them I over mean, to the other town. That's a big issue with a lot of places. Like, you know, they, well, we don't tolerate homeless people here, so we just ship them to a city. I mean, I think Portland, obviously, the, with the decriminalizing of all the drugs and the social mm-hmm. programs is – Attracted a lot of it here, and it come it does come with a lot of problems. Mm-hmm. And I don't have solutions, so I'm not going to sit here and get uh, real irate about about it one way or another without having solutions. You got to be the level of sensitivity you want to express towards these people because it's like, yeah, you're mm-hmm. not well, yeah. But it's also like, oh, you're not well, and you're just uh, swinging an axe at strangers. Okay, well, fuck. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's also not good. <laughs> yeah, can't do that. I'm sorry. I'm sorry with everything that's going on with you, but you got to put that axe mm. down, sir. I'm sorry. Uh, another um, place and- you might want to check out that's haunted in New York, the Dakota Hotel. Um Oh, wait, is that still a hotel? I don't know. Where John Lennon got assassinated. By the way, have you ever seen that picture? Uh, there's a photograph of uh, who? Hinkley? Is he the one that shot Lennon? 
Uh, Mark David Chapman. Mark David Chapman. I get Hinkley and uh, Hinkley shot Reagan, right? Yeah, uh, there's a photograph Reagan. of Mark David Chapman uh, getting an autograph from Lennon like four hours before he killed him. And that's always kind of creepy when you see the prequel to something like that. But Who's the um, guy that got got out? John Hinckley got out recently. Yeah, and he's like, yeah, and he's, like he's a music or something. He's a musician. Yeah, he's on Twitter. Yeah, sure. Yeah, uh, but yeah, the Dakota not only is at the uh, the site of Lennon's assassination, uh, also uh, featured in uh, Roman Polanski's uh, horror classic Rosemary's Baby, and oh, okay. uh, yeah. And over the years, uh, workers and residents, uh, they've reported seeing a little girl dressed in turn-of-the-century clothing, just wandering around. And Again, uh, could a, be a hipster kid. Could be. Uh, this is creepy. Uh, several people have reported seeing an adult with the face of a small boy. Good Lord, that's... Haley Joel Osment. Off-putting. <laughs> and apparently even the ghost of uh, John Lennon himself has been spotted at the Dakota. Uh, according to Smithsonian Magazine, uh, unclaimed bodies in New York, they go to Hearts Island, some hmm. western part of Long Island Sound. Okay. But that's a Potter, that's a Potter's Field since 1869. That's what they use it for. Okay. Well, that's creepy. That is, uh, that is, that, is that, creepy. That one might have been on my list. Let's see here. Um there's one place that's just a whole little island uh, where they sent a... Yeah, Heart... Oh, did you just say that? Heart Island? Yeah, yeah, Heart Island, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, that's, I that's, that's, a, that's, what they, that's where it goes now. That's a pot, yeah. again, potter's field, yeah. Yeah, it's just this little island off uh, right there in Long Island Sound, and uh, there used to be a smallpox hospital there, uh, also an abandoned psychiatric hospital, and uh yeah. Yeah, that's where they used to take the poppers. Uh, I guess once Washington Square Park got built, they had to put them somewhere else. But yeah, right. burial ground for thousands of people who died. Uh, right oh, next to right recent. next to a place called City Island, and has the original uh-huh. crab shanty. So if you want to, okay. just <laughs> just a little point of reference there. But yeah, they were st- they're still using Heart Island. Uh, a lot of uh, victims of coronavirus uh, are buried there. Uh, really? There's this other place called the House of Death. It's a beautiful town home uh, on West 10th Street. <laughs> House of Death. It's been God called me. the most haunted building in New York. Uh, they say as many as 22 different ghosts call this place home. Um, All roommates. That's the cost of yeah. living. <laughs> it's nuts. Even they the got, ghosts They got to double up. They can't, they can't afford to haunt their own place. 22 different ghosts there. Mark Twain lived there. Um it's right by in Washington Square Park. It's to 1901. Uh, he claimed, uh, there's uh, stories of uh, Mark Twain himself claiming to see uh, a bunch of supernatural incidents there, including uh, apparitions and ghostly figures. Uh, throughout the 20th century, uh, it was the site of several gruesome incidents, including a murder-suicide and the beating death of a six, six-year-old girl, Lisa Steinberg, at the yeah. hands of her adopted father. Uh, his prominent attorney, Joel Steinberg, back uh, in 1987. So, yeah, people seen a uh, little girl wandering around, uh, all kind of other ghostly figures. Uh, yeah, even Mark Twain. People have seen Mark Twain's ghost there. Uh, white wonder, suit and all. I wonder if you could be a horrible enough ghost to actually drive the price down to something reasonable. 
in New mm-hmm. York City? Like, or like, what would you put up with? You know, mm-hmm. like, how terrible would it have to be? Like, all right, this place, it's, uh, you know, it's 600 square feet. Wow, not bad. Wow. Okay. All right. It's got, comes with parking. Are you shitting me? Uh, the, the walls, they bleed. The, the walls do bleed. And uh, you have to clean that up daily. You're like, yeah, but it comes with parking. I'm like, what? Like, what? I want to know who it right now in New York is dealing with just nightly, like, just night terrors, just apparitions horrified. But they're like, I can't. It's rec controlled. I can't give this mm-hmm. place up. Yeah. I will deal with, I will deal with this being a portal to hell. Man, every now and then on YouTube, you'll run across uh, smallest apartment in NYC, and I watch one of those videos. Oh yeah, I, there's this one dude. I think he, I think it was like 85 square feet. I mean, it was literally like a walk-in closet, yeah. but it was. He had a little kitchenette. He had a toilet. Uh, I think he had it even kind of divided up uh, vertically to where maybe you know he rig some sort of loft like that's so he put his bed kind of up in some loft area but like less than 100 square feet i mean that's that's like a big prison cell yeah i mean that's i i checked out a place in la that was like this dude that had a mansion in mount washington but was just renting off the rooms and then had like such a giant living room almost like ballroom but there was office partitions in there Jeez. Where people are like, it's, yeah, it's, it, but it's what the city has to offer you. So that's why you'll do it. Yeah, that's true. Hmm. I'd rather live in a van. Uh, where else? Uh, McCarran Park Pool in Brooklyn. Uh, this is something I haven't thought about. Like, ghost. I mean, we've talked about ghosts around bodies of water, lakes, and rivers and stuff, but pool mm-hmm. ghost. There's a pool in Brooklyn, McCarran Park Pool, uh, apparently riddled with paranormal activity. It's a public pool located in McCarran Park on the border of Williamsburg and Greenpoint in Brooklyn. Okay, uh, I see it, yeah. Said to host uh, ghostly balls of light. Also, uh, supposedly the site of a little girl's drowning in the 1930s, whose spirit has been reported roaming around the pool at night, crying for help. Uh, that's creepy. Little girl ghost just kind of hanging out on the diving board in a public pool. You comfortable with night swimming? It's a good question. It's like scary. in a pool or a it's lake. Any, it just in general, just being in a body of water that's just dark. Yeah, I like being in the ocean. You know, we we've been in but, the ocean at, together in the middle of the night. We did that in Hawaii. We were swimming, and yeah, we kind of like fun. stayed out there a little past when we should have. Mm-hmm. But like, just like nighttime, just being in there at night. It's a wild, it's a wild feeling, man. Yeah. Like oddly, I think I was more comfortable there in the ocean at night than I would be in, in a lake. Really, lakes aren't great oh, for swimming yeah. anyway. Well, just. I don't know the ocean. Less of, a target, so, less of a target in the ocean, yeah. Exactly, exactly. Where even if there's creepy stuff in the ocean, you know, there's so much room it could go elsewhere. Where a lake, I feel like eventually something would zero in on you. Yeah, true. I yeah, but in the ocean, you just there's no disappear. 
Even pool, even pools at night, though. There's something that it's just. I let my imagination do a number on me most mm-hmm. more often than not. So, mm-hmm. yeah, nighttime in a pool, but also kind of, kind of sexy, kind of fun. Katie's dad used to have a uh, a heated pool and uh, well lit and heated, and we'd go over there at night and splash around. That was a good time. But yeah, oh, if it's, if if it's cool. lit, yeah. Yeah, completely dark. That's another story. Uh, the Amityville Horror House is in New York, in Long Island, or on Long Man, I tried, Island. I tried to find that after doing a show in Long Island, and I could mm-hmm. not locate it. It's still there, I believe. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think so. It was occupied by this dude named Ronald DeFeo Jr., his parents and four siblings, all whom were brutally shot and killed back in 1974. Uh, it's not open to the public anymore, but you can find it at 108 Ocean Avenue in, on Long Island. I always, uh, that's one thing about uh, the New York uh, speech that I, I can never get over is the uh, on the island. I always say in, but yeah, I guess New Yorkers, I'm on Long Island. Same way they're online at the bank. I never understood that. I'm in line, but they're online. I'm online at the bank. Um Anyway, they had to change the uh, the address. It used to be the original address is one twelve Ocean Avenue. They had to change it yeah. to one hundred eight for uh, to uh, distract tourists. Well, it worked. I was distracted, they, mm-hmm. but also you got to think that uh, isn't it just coming out like yeah? It's just the kid was like mentally ill and got into acid and killed his family. Like there's nothing mm-hmm. spooky about it. It's just unchecked mental illness and drug use. Yeah. But the but you know the 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 lore ran away with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's this place called St. Mark's Church in the Bowery. It's the second oldest church in Manhattan. Uh, mm-hmm. Built on Dutch colonial governor Peter Stuyvesant's family farm. Legend has it that the cantankerous peg-legged Dutchman still haunts the area. He's been known to harass clergymen and parishioners. Ringing bells, uh, interrupting services by stomping around. Man, why does a peg leg just amplify the spookiness of a ghost or spirit so much? Imagine being the first guy with like a prosthetic leg. Like, ooh, look at this asshole <laughs> with this realistic looking leg. Look at Mr. Fancy Pants over here. Oh, he's got a foot and everything. Look at this asshole. Oh, my God. That's funny. We went to, I remember uh, the first time going there, we went to McSorley's, established yeah, 1854. Mm-hmm. Just this bar. Uh, how old is it? I don't know if it's the oldest bar. I'm looking up the history of it now. It's not the oldest bar, but it's, you just get light beer or you get dark beer. And then they serve liverwurst sandwiches. Okay, I like that. Light or dark? What do you want? That they did the all you get. What light being probably a pilsner and dark being what a stout maybe? I don't. I think. Look at their website. Cash only. Nice. Hmm. Yeah, that's always bizarre. Bars that are cash only. I always just, I know a lot of them are doing it uh, to launder, which, you know, that's a good idea. Leave no digital trail. But also, when a bar just says cash only, I just feel like 
Might as well have a sign that says, please rob me. Uh, something tells me if it's cash only, they're ready for that. Yeah, probably so. And also, just the way you could, uh, oh, we only sold this much laundering. Oh, we mm-hmm. got robbed while well, we sold this much, you know? Yeah, yeah. But that's, I'm sure you gotta, you know, you gotta ring things up. That You go by receipts. I don't know. It's it, it's it's inconvenient. Any place that's cash only is wildly inconvenient because I never have cash. But then I got to think mm-hmm. from a business understand point, if you're successful enough and uh, people know your business well enough and you're kind of sticking it to the, not the man, but the credit card companies because they take a percentage of the profits. Yeah, that's true. As I, I remember when like Hannibal was just starting to break and he did some commercial for Capital One or something. And he was at uh, what's that? What's the famous pastrami place in New York? Cats Deli. Yeah, or, um, there's cats and there's another no, one. No, it was cats. It was, it was cats Deli. Mm-hmm. He's like, yeah, what about cats Deli? You know, he's all Hannibal. And I use my Capital One card. I'm like, all right, I got a Capital One card. I go to Cats Deli. I'm like, yeah, we don't take that card here. I'm like, Hannibal, God damn it, man. <laughs> It's straight up. They just made the commercial there. I don't take that fucking card there. <laughs> that was hilarious. That's funny. It was. It also was a very Hannibal thing. Like you know, just imagine Hannibal. I don't give a shit what's true or not. Just pay me, credit card yeah. company. You ever been to Cat's Deli? Yeah, I tried to use my credit card there, and they yeah. wouldn't take it. Hmm. So I had to use it. Oh, I thought you said Hannibal was trying to use his card there. No, like, Hannibal did there. a commercial gotcha. saying for gotcha. Capital One saying I use my Capital One uh-huh. <laughs> thing here. And I went there trying to pay with Capital One. Like, yeah, we don't take that. I'm like, but the. Yeah. I saw the commercial. You son of a. I, I've no, been I'm there a few ne- times. Now I'm on their website looking at pastrami. Ooh, why did I stop eating meat? Stupid. Could I, could I get a sandwich that's only half a pound instead of four pounds and maybe pay a reasonable price for it? The way no, they stack somewhere, that shit on go there. Go somewhere like else this, then. Then go somewhere else. not even going to fit in my mouth. Go somewhere else. Man, I do love That's the attitude I like. Sandwich. You don't want this? Yeah. Then you can go somewhere <laughs> else leave. and eat. <laughs> there is an element in New York that I do appreciate. I don't want. Don't be rude, but that whole the customer's always right. No, they're not. They're more no, often absolutely than not, not wildly incorrect. Absolutely not. Yeah. Well, I tell you, uh, underrated cuisine in the rest the uh, rest of the country. I know it's big in New York. Uh, the deli, the Jewish deli. Ooh, I love all that shit. Told you, Get I was in a lox phase. You've been to the one in MacArthur Park in a while? I forget what's that one. Oh, yeah, Langer's. I was there a few weeks ago. Yeah. 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 Langer's I hit a lot. Uh, I'm not too far here from uh, Cantor's. But, yeah, man, I love – it's just so foreign to me. Like, I didn't grow up with exposure to any of that. Like, No, I knew Italian delis. I didn't know Jewish delis. I knew Italian delis. I don't think I met a Jewish person until I started doing comedy. I had no idea about Jewish culture. Growing up in out. North Georgia. <laughs> also, same here. I think I yeah. may have met one but did not know until I was doing stand-up and somebody talked about being Jewish. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh. I just, yeah, well, yeah, I didn't grow up, you know. Mm-hmm. But didn't, yeah, I love was a not good Jewish in the town. area I grew up, yeah. Didn't go to anybody's uh, bar mitzvah or anything. Yeah. Yeah, I knew nothing it about like, that. It looked like hell of a party, too. I wish I would have. Yeah. 
been able to so go to one. Looks like a big bar old mitzvahs. The boy and bat mitzvahs. The girl or uh, the other way. I, mean, I don't know a mitzvah. Uh, any kind of mitzvah. I'd like to be invited See, always, to a mitzvah. And you know, Mexicans, Latinos, they get the the quinceanera. Mm-hmm. It's just a dumb white kid from Georgia. We didn't have any of that shit. Like my version of that was the first time my dad took me to an all you can eat pizza buffet. That's, I feel like that was my. That's when you became a man. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's when I be- I transitioned to a to a grown man. Yeah, this is it. I read from the menu aloud. <laughs> then, uh, yeah, when the first time you read the Pizza Hut menu out loud to your family, <laughs> and you and you choose for them what you're going to eat, that not the other way around. That's how you became a man. Yeah, yeah. I could not wrap my mind around the concept of the all you can eat buffet. I was just like, what do you mean? It's one price, and I could just stay here all day? I remember saying that to my dad. I could stay here all day? And he's like, well, yeah, technically, I guess, but we're we're not going to do that. Just just eat your normal you could, allotted time. And then you can the stay here until you start feeling the looks of the employees, and mm-hmm. those looks turn into shame. Yeah. Some people, they never reach that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good people watching at a buffet. Mm-hmm. And also, just a public service announcement. You know, I'm a veteran of both buffet culture, but uh, I still see people trying to recycle their plates. New plate every time you go. Come on, clean it up. What's the ethos? What's the ethos behind that? It's just general hygiene. You know why? Well, you're drooling all over your plate. You know, shoveling it in. You don't want to take that back up, you know, to the buffet. Is that what? Okay, it's like a it's a hygienic thing. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's a health code thing. And oh. like, I always okay. they always know when you're done the move too to let them know that you're finished is when you retire your fork and knife. It's like a, a cop turning in his badge and gun. <laughs> it's like, all right, I don't need this anymore. I'm I'm tapping out. So whenever you put the fork and knife on the dirty plate and push it away. That's the sign that I'm done here. Man, well, I haven't been to an Indian buffet in a while. It might be time for that. Well, do you want me to let you go and get to this buffet? It's a bit yeah, midday I probably here. Should, I should probably leave now. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, man, seriously, I, I do have to go. Uh, no, I'm not going to the buffet, but I've got uh, you got a lot of recording to do today, Dave. Yeah, I got a lot of a lot of podcasts to do this week. Oh boy! But uh, man, have fun in New York. Uh, you gonna make time to do anything cool? I mean, what I part of town you stay in? Do you know? I'm staying in Brooklyn. It's where my okay. toilet shower is. Yeah. <laughs> That's where my upright toilet shower bed is in Brooklyn. <laughs> I sprang for a hotel. It's just like, you know, I don't want to deal like you're couch hopping and you're already doing enough. And like, I, you know, I'm 46. I could pay for, I'm not going to pay top dollar. Yeah. You know, I'm not, I'm not staying at something fancy, but a, a bed that I have by myself. Mm-hmm. That's okay. I could do that now. That's okay to do that now. Yeah, I definitely think so. When's the last time you couch surfed uh, on tour? Oh, if, I, if it's like a night or two, sure. Or if I go to L.A., I stay at my sister's, you know. Mm-hmm. Or I've crashed at your place. Yeah. You've been ki- kind enough to do so. 
But I'm talking but I'm about there just for, I'm, I'm, I'm here another for a whole comic. Week, you know? or a, yeah. I feel like I don't have a lot of that in me left to just, hey, we just met because you booked the show. Sure, I'll sleep on your couch, you stranger. I did nah, plenty of it's, that back in the you, day. You know, you start, you start making your own money. It's okay to part with some of that for a quality of life. Nobody's fancy, mm-hmm. but uh, just a little dash of privacy and what have you. Mm-hmm. But yeah, man, that's good, this week. Good times. So tell us again it. where you're going to be. Tickets. I got, uh, well, it's all sold out. couple, few tickets left for the late show at the Bell House Thursday night. This Thursday, the 4th. But uh, yeah, Bells, we have White Eagle Hall is sold out. Early shows sold out. So thank you for that. People that already bought tickets, appreciate it. Next weekend, Vermont Comedy Club. And then the weekend after that, the McMinnville UFO Festival. Uh, let's see. Oh, big week for me. Friday, Pack a Lunch comes out. Friday, May 5th. It's on YouTube. I think uh, 5 o'clock Pacific, 8 o'clock Eastern is when that will debut. So, uh, yeah, feel free to tune in. Watch that bastard. Share it. Share it with your friends. Watch Good. Pack a Lunch on Cinco de Mayo. How do you say Pack a Lunch in Spanish? Great question. Yo no sé. Uh, also, uh, uh, on vinyl, uh, you can go right now to BlondeMedicine.com. You can pre-order the 2LP on Colored Splatter Vinyl. Uh, that will ship in August. And uh, those are moving fast, limited amount. I think we did 500 copies, and uh, apparently those are moving fairly quick. So if you have any interest in getting a hold of that, I would uh, recommend doing so quickly. But, uh, yeah. Uh, Preparar and, un almuerzo. Do what now? Preparar un almuerzo. Okay, right on. To celebrate Cinco de Mayo. Hell yeah, man. Uh, but seriously, uh, if you watch the special, you watch my clips, uh, same thing with Kyle's stuff. Uh, the best thing you could do is just share it share it with friends and or family or on social media. Spread the word. All right, buddy. Have fun. Be safe. Uh, we'll talk to you next week. You bet. Pack a lunch. The Boogie Monster. Bye.